like to remind you of how to hold these morning teachings. Analio laid out the main dish and are presenting really the whole path through the Satipatthana Sutta (laughs) and (coughs) encouraging you to find your own way in incorporating those teachings into your practice. (coughs) What I've been offering in the morning are more like the side dishes, you know, just little areas or arenas of investigation that I found interesting which you can dip into if you like, ignore if you like, uh, but they're not being presented in terms of the entire scope of the teachings. They're just little points that uh, for me have been illuminating. So please hear them in that way. Uh, So I just want to read a very short sutta which uh, becomes the foundation for one kind of investigation. Bhikkhus, whatever is not yours, abandon it. When you have abandoned it, it will be for your welfare and happiness. Suppose, Bhikkhus, people were to carry off the grass, sticks, branches, and foliage in this jetta grove or burn them, or do with them as they wish. Would you think people are carrying us off, or burning us, or doing with us as they wish? No, venerable sir, because that is neither ourself, nor what belongs to ourself. So too, bhikkhus, form is not yours, feeling is not yours, Perception is not yours. Volitional formations are not yours. Consciousness is not yours. Abandon them. When you have abandoned that which is not yours, that will lead to your welfare and happiness. So I love that image of people carrying off the branches and foliage, but it's not affecting anyone because it didn't belong to them. And the Buddha then relating it to this very uh, complete description of our own experience in terms of the five aggregates, form, feelings, perceptions, volitional formations, consciousness, also are not ours. So then in practice, I was trying to see, well, how to to put it into practice? How to put this understanding into practice? How to bring the teachings to life? And so I would be sitting or walking And that phrase would come to mind, abandon that which doesn't belong to you. And it took the form of 
with regard to each of the aggregates. This is not mine. This I am not. This is not myself. This is not mine, not I, not myself. And both in sitting and walking through the day, I would sometimes just be attending one after the other for varying lengths of time, uh, the different aggregates. I might spend some time just with the form, the material elements, with that phrase or understanding in the mind, this is not mine, not I, not myself. And seeing if that reminder changed the relationship to that experience, whether it helped to abandon the identification with them. So we've been doing that a lot with the body, and it's been mentioned a lot in various ways. The anatomical parts, the elements, the phrase, there is a body, just providing the framework for being with the different sensations that are arising in an open way. So we've worked a lot with that. There's been a lot of emphasis through Analio's guided meditations on feeling, the aggregate of feeling, seeing them as not mine, not I, not myself. We've talked a little bit about perception. This morning I want to emphasize uh, that aggregate of volitional formations because something quite interesting was revealed as I applied this practice to that aggregate. First, to make a distinction, uh, which is perhaps elaborated a bit in the Abhidhamma, but to make the (coughs) the distinction between intention in the mind and motivation. Because often these two (coughs) are conflated, and we sometimes use the words uh, interchangeably. Intention or volition is a common factor, which means it's arising in every moment. And according at least to the Abhidhamma description, intention is that quality in the mind which, which organizes all the other factors for a particular purpose. So it kind of gathers all the others up and directs it in a particular way. So we're very familiar with the awareness of intention, for example, before a change of posture. You know, you're sitting and perhaps there's some discomfort, and of course you're very mindful of all that and then you're mindful of the aversion to it, and then you may be mindful of a desire to change position. But what actually affects the movement is that intention or volition in the mind. It's like the command moment, intending to move. So we're gathering up or focusing all the energy to make the move, to act. So we could say volition is that motive force throughout our actions. 
we can see them most clearly at the beginning of a movement, as we go from one posture to another. There's an intention to move and then the movement. But what's interesting to notice on retreat, especially or to learn about, is that intention actually continues throughout the whole movement. When you're walking, it's not only an intention which starts the movement. Intention, that intention to move, (coughs) is continuing throughout the whole movement. And if the intention stopped mid-movement, the movement would stop. So it's sort of like an electric current that keeps a motor running. You take the plug out and the motor stops. I found it interesting in walking meditation, and particularly in more normal speed walking. I'd be walking just back and forth at a normal speed, to begin to tune in to that understanding that there is an intention, sort of it's almost like this little motor, you know, running throughout the whole time of walking. It's keeping us walking, as well as initiating the movement. And as you pay attention to that experience, that the intention is continuing throughout, we begin to get a sense, a much more immediate sense, of the impersonality of intention. Yeah, there's this, just this quality of the mind that's keeping the movement. It's not mine, it's not I, it's not myself. It's just an impersonal Um, mental quality, mental factor, which is doing its function, its function of ongoing volition to keep going. What was interesting about noticing intention and the flow, the ongoing flow of intentions in this way is that the non-personality of it, the impersonality of it, became very obvious. And it also became clear that one of the hideouts of the sense of self is the identification with all those intentions throughout the day that we're not aware of. And it's that sense, I think, we very often have, as we're doing things, that in some way we're the actor. We may be aware of the body moving, and we may be aware of thoughts coming and going, aware of sounds coming and going, but I'm the one doing things. And so there's this this, uh, hideout of self in the identification with intention. Once we begin to be aware of this flow of intentions in an activity, and that it's this flow of intention or volition that's keeping the activity going along, we cut through the identification with that, and we see that there's acting without an actor. 
There's doing without a doer. It's simply the flow of intentions fulfilling their function. And it was, it was very revealing uh, and illuminating of just how often we are identified with this intention without knowing it. So again, it's a little side dish to explore. In this scheme, intention as a factor, it is a neutral factor. It's just that motive force, that volition. It can be associated with wholesome states of mind. When we're engaged in wholesome actions, it can be associated with unwholesome states of mind. When we engage with unwholesome actions, And so I make the distinction between intention as this neutral factor, ethically neutral, it's just that energy impulse that keeps things going. It's intention and then the motivation are the mental factors, wholesome or unwholesome, that are associated with it. one other aspect with intention to begin to appreciate. The Buddha talked about how intention is karma. That is, it's this, it's this quality of volition, right? that, that ongoing volitional movement or volitional energy <coughs> that keeps movement going. That has tremendous power. That's the energy that carries the karma. Uh, The result will be determined by the motivation, wholesome or unwholesome, but the power, the the karmic energy is carried in this factor of intention, which is why it's so critical to become increasingly aware of it. Each moment of intention is planting another karmic seed, either wholesome or unwholesome. And so we want to begin to experience it, have an experiential understanding of how intention uh, works, and then to understand the motivating force of the motivating qualities in the mind <coughs> that are associated with that intention. So you can just sit with this, settling into the basic pattern of your practice, aware of the body in whatever way you found helpful. And either going through the various body scans, 
the anatomical parts, the elements, Vedana. Mindful of the mind, the hindrances, the awakening factors. Or resting in the open, choiceless awareness with an embodied mindfulness. There is a body. And simply being mindful of whatever arises within that framework. What I've suggested in terms of investigating the flow of intention will probably be most easily done when you're walking, but you could also experiment um, even in the sitting perhaps with the breath or the body scans. There's always a volition which is keeping the movement going. 